What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast, presented by Inebriated Andy. I am here with the boys, Andy and Coop. They call me Cap. My name is Jason. Andy and Coop, what is good? It is good to be back at full strength. How's the squad tonight? The squad is physically present, which is different. Uh, and mentally that, present. It has not happened <laughs> <For sure>. recently. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Good to have you back mentally engaged and sober, Andy. Um I don't know. I, I kind of on some accounts, but uh, Coop, how are we tonight, my man? Slow and steady, Coop. I'm doing great. And when you introduced this, you did a little clap, and I saw a little bit of fear pop onto Andy's face. And I think it's like, but there's such a thing as pre-TSD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, but like pre-traumatic stress, because uh, I think something's going to go down uh, regarding Andy this weekend. That's true. Um, putting the plug out there. So you're telling me that Andy preed his pants? Yeah, he did. Okay, Andy. Right, Andy? Yeah, okay. Instead, instead of pre-come, I pre-go. Um, Thank you, Andy. So Andy, you always pee <laughs> on go. the podcast. Now you preed on the podcast. Standing up, too. <laughs> good, good man. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the last one, Andy. Feel free to shut your video off if you need to go pee or pre. By all means, go do your thing. Not going not gonna to get into the, with that. But anyways, other, other than talking about pre-sexual things on this, on this thing we call a podcast here, this is going to be a good episode, boys. Uh, I am fired up. Uh, this is the podcast that we've all been waiting for. And by we, I mean us three gentlemen. Um, let's fucking go. This is going to be our Cincinnati craziness podcast with some other stuff sprinkled in. But as you guys know, it was as good of a 48-hour off-season segment from a Xavier Grant's perspective that I've ever experienced. And it all happened immediately right after we recorded the last episode. Correct. Like within the next hours, next few hours after the last one was released. Yes. As so- it would. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Blobcoin buy stock now, Blobcoin timing, sell your stock. Like literally we published and then like two hours later, Brandon fired, Kiki, fucking dude, everything just went nuts. So I'm expecting a lot of content to pop up after this comes out. Yeah, so, no, I mean, probably. Like right, right after we drop this, you know, the Bengals are going to sign a, a right guard and, you know, UC is going to fire their, their new coach. Fickle's going to leave. And I, you know what? Fuck it. Theo John's going to go to Duke. Yeah. I bet as you're listening to this breaking news, uh, UC just went to the Mac. Um, Luke Fickle just got fired. Um, if you haven't heard big, new, big news out on the fronts there, uh, Marcus Walters is all over it. Um, he's blowing up my phone as we speak, um, getting some scoops and some interviews. So be plugged out for that breaking news. Um, without further ado, boys, let's get to this intro and I can't wait to get into it. Wait, okay. So you, you mean you see to the Mac and roll blob to Andy Mac. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. So on to our topic of the day today. This has just been the crazy story we've been dealing with and what we missed on our last podcast. Cincy, college basketball, craziness. So within a 48-hour period, John Brandon out at Cincinnati, Kiki Tandy committed to Xavier, Jack Nunji committed to Xavier, Cincy fallout stuff, just absolute anarchy in Cincinnati college basketball world. So we'll talk about, I guess, the first thing that happened chronologically. John Brandon out at Cincinnati. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that breakdown? I love how you said the first thing that happened chronologically. That was the last thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, it was so much stuff. Like I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I probably am, but that was in my mind, the big thing. So I don't know. Just answer the question if you want. I don't All know. right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so chronologically what happened was, <laughs> all right. So John Brandon out, we, we all saw it happen. Like we all saw it coming and whether you wanted to or not, you saw it coming just like uh, Louis CK. And so it was just like relieving. It was just like relieving just to like finally see it happen. We could finally make our jokes. That's Marcus, what he said too. 
That's what Louis C.K. also said. It was relieving. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Oh. All right. Big W on the YouTube debut tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so Brandon out. And I don't know about you guys. And Andy, you had some interesting topics on this as well. An interesting viewpoint. as kind of stuff has started to leak out a little bit. I initially thought Brandon had gotten done dirty um, by the university. I mean, because it was essentially, it just looked like UC was grasping for straws. Um, it looks like they had just wanted him out for cause just so they didn't have to pay the buyout. I mean, that was what it looked like from the outside looking in. Um, and that's the kind of the mind space I was operating in um, until stuff has started to get released a little bit. And it's going to be a sticky situation. Uh, Andy, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing the stuff that you were talking about earlier, this is going to make this thing a little bit sticky and not in the fun way. And, um, uh, yeah. What do you I think? wasn't exactly expecting to get too serious on this podcast, but <laughs> um, based on what I saw and what I saw were messages um, from players and he was a sociopath. Like we're talking like running and like running them until they pass out. And even after they pass out, calling them pussies in front of everybody. Um, and like, it got to the point where the training staff had to um, like step in and say, bro, stop fucking making them run. It's not healthy. They're going to end up in the hospital. And like train when, tra- when the trainers have to step in, you might be working them too hard. And that's not a, like, these are some very in shape, very tough athletes. Like, and they, they weren't pussies out there and you're making them pass out and not feeling bad about it at all. Not, not giving a shit about the health of those players. So that, and on top of the, the coaching staff being completely disengaged and not giving a fuck about what's going on with the players outside of basketball, that's just a terrible, terrible look. No wonder that they, they don't want they did not want to play for you. And that at that point, like that's enough cause to fire someone. I don't know what, what happened with the buyout, but you need to get him the fuck out of there. Yeah, no coincidence with all the transfers. And it's just like you can't be a 1980s you know, Bobby Knight in 2021. Like, I think there's a modern version of like that tough guy coach, but that's just, just not going to fly. And that's just bad business. Like you're not going to attract players to want to play for you. Um, especially in a COVID year too. I mean, like all the stuff that the players were probably going through emotionally, mentally to just keep, you know, killing them and running them into the ground. And then too, I remember seeing a lot of stuff about just like no investment in the players as people just kind of like no relationship, really just kind of, it just kind of seemed like cracking the whip kind of just, running players into the ground with no no care for their well-being or anything like that and that's just bad business yeah like i mean it's like running a machine or something not like a personalized experiment it was just feeding it into his own machine and hoping for the best yeah not gonna work with people bro yeah not gonna work um so i thought that was kind of crazy and real quick we can talk talk about like the brandon era which is now come and gone i don't know about you guys i thought that he was going to be really 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 good at uc like i am completely shocked and a lot of things went wrong but and maybe we didn't know enough about him and there was a small sample size and nku is a smaller environment but like i am shocked if you had told me two years ago that this is how the brand there was going to go i i would have not believed you well it's like uh the the issue is never his ability to coach basketball we saw that at nku he was a good basketball coach and like his x's and o's were far like far above the horizon like he he was a really smart guy and ran a really good program at NKU, and like and everything everybody was running their sets. They were disciplined and like the, the his plays worked. Um, then we got then we when he got to UC like from the get go like starting with Jaron Cumberland. I know it's really tough when a a guy commits to someone. Then you, you got to get you basically got to sell yourself to him, especially as the star player. That never got going. Uh, but it seemed like when, even once he got his guys in, he felt like he needed to like demand their respect because I've, and he ruined that. Yeah. By being too so much it, of a tough yeah. guy. Interesting how it worked, bro. I guess that just kind of the buy-in was never there from the players and just never really, the culture never took place. Maybe like it had at NKU really surprising. And I mean, if you can't even stay on your feet, I mean, how are you going to worry about coaching? The guy can't even stay on his own freaking feet. So uh, <laughs> that's true. Didn't have the juice for a power conference in the American, you know. When, when you're six foot nine, tumbling like that, it's just. 
<laughs> right. It's horrible. Yeah, I mean, and whenever you're giving these horrible offers about the crosstown shootout for Xavier to yeah. pick from, like that should have been a warning seriously. sign from the get go. Exactly. That I mean, should have been like the, the first the red flag. I mean, I think I posted a tweet that said like the action and it was offer number four where you go to fifth or two times in a row and the result, the firing, like that was right. the beginning of the end. When I saw that video, I was like, he's done. Well, do you think we could have had anything to do with it? Cause like really once you compare to Gabe Lewis, that's when your life's over. You might as well just retire. <laughs> you never want to be Gabe Lewis. We put that tag on that's him. That's true. That, you put that tag on him, Cap. That's true. I mean, he does have a punchable face and I didn't see that in him until I saw him in the red and the red and black. Um, but man, it was just bad news. But anyway, going back to good news from our perspective and I'm going to call it like it, like I see it, we're Xavier fans. You know what I mean? Like we don't like each other. This is Boston. This is Red Sox Yankees. Like I am not here to root for Cincinnati when they're not playing Xavier. Fuck that. We don't like each other. You know what I mean? Like I grew up, you know, getting pushed around at school. You know what I mean? For liking Xavier being the only kid in my school, like fuck them. So it was crazy with all that going down. And like, it was just like the perfect storm for Xavier fan. Like Brandon's out. They have no buyout situation figured out. They owe him 5.4 million. They're in shambles. They have no roster. He's dragging Luke Fickle into it. Who is like the best coach they've ever had. You know, they had Brian Kelly and Luke Fickle's probably doing a better job. Maybe. I mean, it's up for debate. Um, Luke Kelly Fickle awesome. is doing a better job than Brian Kelly. Yeah. Kelly was awesome. But like, he's got them as a football school. I mean, they're claiming football school. I mean, it was just like, get the popcorn ready and watch the nuke drop. Like just incredible for a Xavier fan. And then Kiki comes back and everything, but we'll get into that later. So that was just incredible. I don't know how you guys were. I was a kid in a candy store, especially after the tournament had ended. I had the, the tournament hangover going on. That was just, oh my goodness. It was like coming back from Vegas, being hungover, and then having like a solid block party on the next Friday after you get home. It was just nice. I remember barely getting any work done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I was at work and I had to had had to put out a, a meme, had to watch highlights on Nunji, had to watch Kiki highlights for good measure just to bring it all back and then everything going on with um Brandon and stuff. Like I mean, it was hard to focus on your work when Twitter was that exciting to be a part of, especially for just a random Friday in April. Like it would be a very unsuspecting day for it to be that big of a big news day. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no freaking doubt bro that was huge are you guys getting to the point where when like a huge story breaks or something on twitter that's like funny and awesome you're low-key like kind of disappointed because like if you're focused on something else it's like well i'm not gonna be able to focus on that for the next hour you know <laughs> oh, there goes my plans for the <laughs> <Yeah>. day <laughs> right. looks like i'm gonna have to make memes for the next hour not that i even want to it's just like my brain makes me you know what i mean it's just too awesome right. can't not. um but anyway I, the, kind of one of the last things i have about the cincinnati situation is the buyout like, where do you guys think UC goes from here? Um, they, we'll talk about Wes Miller in a second. They got him at a huge discount, in my opinion. Uh, six years, eight million. So close to six years, nine million. Missed opportunity, in my opinion. If I'm UC, you give an extra million just for the nice effect, you know? Well, that, that'll could, really get the uh, fan. That'll really increase engagement with the fan base. Like, we're oh, paying no him six, po- like six to nine. Like, that's, that'll get the fan base riled up immediately. That is the easiest million you'll ever spend in your life. I promise you that. And the investment. I mean, now I'm worried about the West Miller era just because of that. You know, if it was six years, nine million as a Xavier fan, I'd be like, oh, shit. Um, like, right. they, like they they already fell short. Maybe. Um, it's it's not John Brandon two years in a row at fifth, third offer four status, but it's – I mean, it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark for sure. Huge missed opportunity. But what do you guys think of this buyout situation and how long do you think this, like, looms over that program – what do you see happening there? I think it's going to be really interesting. And honestly, I think it's going to be a long drawn out process. I mean, Brandon is definitely not going to make it easy. He's not happy. He's got Luke Fickle on his side. So they are going, it's going to be wild till they settle. And I really think that UC needs to find whatever they can do to bite the bullet and move on as quickly as possible, because it's going to be dragging them. As long, like They're going to drag it out. And especially the lawyer, the lawyer seems like a very petty dude. So he's going to drag it out as long as possible too. So you need to get that shit over with. I mean, it's something that schools can use as a bargaining chip while recruiting. Like that's, you got that nonsense going on. Like you just want, like you said, Andy, I think you want to cut the cord as soon as humanly possible, but also too, that athletic department's in such a financial deficit. Like, so they're going to have to like try and navigate that smartly, you know? 
They have to, uh, which is why, like I, I said this a while ago, they needed to commit to one sport to begin with. They could not identify themselves as a, as a football school or a basketball school, and that's what you need to do in the American Athletic Conference. You need to decide right. what you're going to focus on because you're not going to have enough time, not enough money, and not enough exposure to spread it all out like you can in the SEC or the Big Ten. Exposure? I hardly know, sure. Good call. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> but it's gonna it's gonna loom for a long time, and it's crazy that just the basketball coaching change and everything behind the scenes that led to that can bleed into other sports. Which, I mean, think about how crazy that sounds. If take like I don't know Ohio State or something when Urban Meyer retires, like oh well that's gonna hurt the basketball program. Like no, of course it's not. Like that sounds ridiculous, you, but it actually will. Dude, but Xavier you see, would never, just dude. because financially. Xavier would never like if, if something was happening in the basketball program, I guarantee you it would not hurt Xavier's football program. Guarantee it. No, it wouldn't. In fact, it might help it. <laughs> it couldn't do any harm. I promise you that. That's true. Um, and then, okay. So I think the last thing on Cincinnati and then we're off of Cincinnati, not on to, uh, they are a football school, by the way, but the last basketball talk here, they hired Wes Miller. Um, and I don't know how much you guys were following it. I was just kind of like paying attention to it for the most part. Um, but I saw the list of candidates, and up until I saw Wes Miller's name get added to the conversation, I was not impressed by their candidates at all. Um, I think Wes Miller's actually a pretty damn solid hire for them, like based on where they were in the situation. Like it wasn't – it's still Cincinnati, like which is a, a good job. You know what I mean? Like with a good program behind it. But like this is not great timing to take that job. Like it's not the most attractive it's ever been by far, you know. Um, but I thought Wes Miller was a pretty good get. I feel like they really lucked out with the fact that he j- had just yeah. um, fallen short of the UNC job. Like he definitely needed a step up. He has been, he took UNC Greensboro to levels they had not seen in a long time. So I think, I mean, the American athletic conference is definitely a step up and especially with a name brand in the American athletic conference, like the, the university of Cincinnati, they like, it was kind of a no, no brand. Yeah, they they do they did event Benadryl and um something else shit. Benadryl and buckets. That's all you need to know. Benadryl and buckets, baby. Um, but I thought that was a pretty good get. I mean, I I think nothing against Eric Martin. Like, and I looked into him a little bit, but I just don't think that would have been the best hire in the world. Like, man, you're getting an assistant from like West Virginia. Like, I know he went to UC and stuff, and he's like, I guess he got the UC DNA. I just don't know like how good. I don't know. I mean, but we almost took back Kelsey. I mean, he was at least in the conversation. So, I don't know. I, I, I hear that whole UC DNA bullshit. It's like, it's not 2001 anymore. You want the best coach you can get. You want right. the, you don't want, he's going to, um, he's going to exemplify the toughness and the UC grit. You just had that in Mick Cronin. It got you nowhere. Stop being stupid, Cincinnati fans. <laughs> well, the whole Actually, thing with like, stupid the whole thing with any program just hiring people they already know like I mean yeah I get why you're doing it the familiarity with the program and stuff but like I feel like a lot of times that's just a shortcut to be like yeah we didn't put that much money or effort into a coaching search we went with guys we knew and we hope one of them works out and we want to like just give the job to somebody we know I mean it essentially if anyone follows baseball that's why David Bell's the Reds manager because it's the Bell family and yes. it's rooted in Cincinnati. Like, honestly, like, I think he's an okay manager this season. But, I mean, that's yeah. why. Like, it's who you know sometimes, even in college basketball, when it definitely should not be like that. But um, wrapping that up, I think Wes Miller, yeah, I think it's a pretty decent hire. But what would make this all better is if Sean Miller was on the Xavier sidelines as a Xavier assistant, and we'd have Miller versus Miller. Miller on Miller crime. I'm game for that. Uh, me and Andy chugging or shotgunning him, excuse me, Miller Lights collision course. Uh, Miller on Miller crime here. Uh, love to see it. Andy loves him. Miller, just saying a little fast. Pump the brakes there, Coop. Pump the brakes. I like where your head's at. I just know I just met her though. And then, okay, now we can finally get off of that. That was just a crazy couple days, man. Like, you see, has just been a news gold mine. I bet Marcus has been super busy. Our boy Walters has been probably super busy. Just a lot coming out of the university of Cincinnati. Um, Not in a good way. Um, But anyway, so off of that train and what made it such a great stretch, Xavier just got good news for freaking days. 
So we got the commitment first from Jack Nungy, correct? Chronologically? Yes, that yes. It, it first happened from Nungy. Xavier finally got like they've 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 been begging for a six point nine foot center. Nice. And we finally got him. We brought him in. Stretch. Uh, about like where your head's at. Um, but he's only like a legit six foot eleven. Um, Which is six point nine with- feet. I, I, I want to add that oh, okay, is six point okay. nine feet. Okay, I'm on board oh, now. Point I'm on nine, board. yeah. Okay, yeah. It. Um, but backed up Luca Garza, averaged about seven and a half points, five and a half rebounds at Iowa. Um, on a really really good Iowa team this year. Um, and that's not bad behind the national player of the year. Honestly, that's the only um, reason he wasn't the starter on that team is the fact that the two time national player of the year was in front of him. Yeah, obviously an injury history there, but I think he creates a lot of interesting lineups for Xavier and allows Fremantle to play a lot more before, which I think is going to benefit Xavier a lot. He's not like the physical presence that I kind of like foresaw Xavier trying to go target, um, but I think he's probably just too good to turn down. Like if you can get interest from Jack Nungy, I think you just take it because um, he can really stretch the floor. Like he can legit shoot, not for a big man. He, like he can't shoot for a big man. Like he can legit shoot. Yeah. Um, I think he had the highest offensive rating. Uh, I think his offensive rating last year was like 116. Xavier's highest offensive rating was Nate Johnson at 113. Um, so an efficient basketball player, solid rebounder, pretty mobile. Um, isn't like as tough as you would like, but honestly being six foot 11 at the college level makes up for a lot of, a lot of things. Um, so he, he could help be a rim protector down low, I think as well. Yeah, he's going to be an intimidating presence. Um, I mean, a lot more intimidating than Jason Carter was down, down low. Um, he's going to do, he's going to play that defensive role in a much different way, which that should please the fans because which, uh, with how much they bitched about Jason Carter, we have the exact opposite of Jason Carter. So you better be happy. <laughs> <laughs> if he's the opposite of Jason Carter, that means he's putting the ball in the basket a lot. And he does, uh, he has a really nice soft touch. He's got some good post moves. Um, he moves well. Um, he set, he sets really good screens and rolls off of them. So as long as we have guards that can find him, which spoiler alert, we do have a lot of them. He'll be, you know, he'll, he'll be able to score real well and very efficiently. I honestly yeah. do see him working his way into the starting lineup. We have a lot of players, period. But I, what I do think that says, though, I think it sends a message that X is trying to put Freeman with the four more. Like I think he's going to still a lot. He's still going to go out of minutes at the five, I think. Um, but I think maybe it'll be more of like a 50-50, 60-40 split as opposed to 95% of his minutes coming at the five in the last year, um, which I think is good. I mean, I love Fremantle. I know they're trying to get him to add weight this offseason, um, but I think that's a welcome addition because interior defense last year was a joke, an absolute joke. Right. Um, and I think Fremantle has the ability to play good interior defense. Not great, but good. He's limited in, some, in certain aspects. But I think a lot of it was managing, you know, a jump, a, a – 400% increase in minutes um, from the prior season. So and, uh, I think and, that was the biggest reason, but I think having Nudgy just takes a lot of that pressure off. And this year we won't need him to play 35 minutes. Um, he, he'll, he'll, he'll likely play. Yeah, like, he he'll likely play that much, but if he does get into foul trouble, it's not going to hurt the team as much. Cause we do have, you know, Colby Jones who can play the four. We can, we have um, Ben Stanley who can come and play the four Deontay miles. And now Nunji, who's a legitimate power conference big and man. the two freshmen uh who and, and i've heard elijah yeah. tucker's game ready cesar edwards is a freak uh at least from a prospect perspective and you know with freshmen only about half of them are ready to go so odds would say at least one of those two is gonna be ready to play um but oh my goodness this roster we'll talk about that in a second you know we're kind of coming down the home stretch here and then if you had told me this a week ago <laughs> kiki tandy recommits to xavier respect his decision um it wasn't shocking once you started reading the tea leaves, like in the coming days, like the days prior, but holy fuck. And then in my opinion, he steps on campus again as the most talented scorer on the roster. Not the best player, yeah. but the most talented, gifted scorer, in my opinion. And I think in my opinion, you know, losing CJ Wilcher, um, in, in my mind, I thought we were going to lose Nate Johnson. I thought that all we needed was like another knockdown shooter, uh, which is why Brady Manick, in my opinion, was pretty attractive. Um, other than the hair, obviously. Um, right. But Kiki Tandy, in my opinion, is better than probably any grad chancer you're going to get. And now I'm not saying he's a better player, but he knows the system. He's been in there for two years. And it's almost like he was tailor-picked, you know, as a prospect a couple years prior to fit this roster perfectly, which I think he does. Um, so I think that's a huge addition. And, oh, my goodness, is the depth fucking insane. Yeah, what I think this speaks to is I honestly don't see much of a role change for Kiki this year. 
but it does show that he's he did show a lot of willingness to buy in, which is a huge jump for Xavier. Because uh, he's gonna he's only gonna get better at this point. If he just keeps working on his defensive positioning and his shot selection, he's gonna work himself onto the floor more, and he's gonna prepare himself for. Because right now he's still behind Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson, two Kunkels. And and Kunkel, two, like three yeah. solid guys to be behind. Now um, he'll probably um, challenge for some, for some of Kunkel's minutes, but he's not challenging Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson. But if he continues to buy in, improve his game, and uh, like improve his ball handling, improve his defensive positioning, improve improve his basketball IQ up there, he is going to be extremely ready for next season when Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson are not in his way, and he's going to have to take a huge. He'll probably double or triple his role just in that season alone. And he's going to be crucial to that offense. If you're telling me that Kiki is taking any percentage of the shots that Jason Carter was taking last year, I really, really like that percentage bump. I'm going to be fully honest. Uh, I, I don't hate Jason Carter, but I would just rather Kiki take 50 shots than Carter take 50 shots. I do love that, that trade off. I, I will take that to be yeah. honest. Like, I know that's probably shocking, but I will take that <laughs> trade. Um, it's a hot take. Hot take. Most people wouldn't, obviously, but, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Well, we'll ask um, the message boards. Let's, let's let's put a let's put that out there on the message boards. Yeah, we'll let the people decide. And then, um, dude, like, so here's a couple things that make me excited about that. One, people forget that he was an all biggies freshman just a couple years ago. Two, he's. I mean, we've seen him produce at a super high level. Just to start the season, I think even like five, six, seven games in, checking the stats and stuff like I always do because I'm a maniac, he was still averaging like 15, 16 points a game just because how much he was lighting it up in the beginning of the season. I think he had two or three 20-point games in early on. You know what I mean? Like at the Xavier Invitational, um, which, by the way, best team in the nation, only team at the Xavier Invitational Championship. Um, Hang so the won. banner. We won. Um, you know, we won. <laughs> that that tweet was great <laughs> we won thank you um which they did by the way but anyway i just think it's a huge addition uh from a skill perspective and then too you think about cj vulture was starting to eat into some minutes last year he was carving out a 12 to 15 minute roll per game so those, there are minutes to, to take there and then too i just think you need another shooter i mean you think about this team at their best they play through paul scruggs going downhill i think you're gonna have the ball in duan odom paul scruggs and colby jones's hands a lot and they're at their best when they're driving and dishing. So you surround those kind of you surround those three players with, you know, your Nate Johnsons, your Adam Kunkels, and your Kiki Tandys. Not terrible. I mean, um, and then, and then Kiki, there's not going to be a, a bad offensive player on the court at any time. I feel like over the last few years, there'd be a certain person, maybe just one person on the court, where they put up a shot, and all you think is why. But I mean, <laughs> at any given point next year, you're going to have just versatile players. And anyone that's going to shoot, like, you'll have the confidence in. And I don't see why they can't be a top 10, top 15 offense, honestly. Like, I think their offense can compete with anybody next year. Yeah, we run that same system, and we have the consistent reps without the shutdowns. We're lighting it up. And you add the shooting ability of Kiki Tandy in there. Who, I mean, he has a volume score. He might shoot, uh, like, he, he might shoot 35%. But we kind of want him around the around the forty area. But his threes are kind of astronomical because they just light up everybody else. Oh yeah. So anyway, I started blasting Tandy. <laughs> Thank <Fair> you. Enough. <laughs> but at the same time, though, I will say, like, obviously, I'm gonna keep it real. But like, I think he was starting to. I should have bought his stock a little earlier. I thought that his defensive engagement and just overall game engagement did increase. I'm not going to say it was amazing. I'm not going to say it was like, you know, Stanley Burrell level, but I thought that you could tell that he, he bought in a little bit more. His def- he, like on defense, I didn't think he looked like a traffic cone anymore. I thought even off the ball, he started to look a lot more engaged. So I thought that took an uptick. Obviously he's never going to be Justin Cage, but I thought that that was a huge uptick. And then, I mean, he was still taking tough shots, but he's a good enough shooter to where like back in the day, like I would rather have taken like a contested Trayvon three over like almost anything else. You know what I mean? So like I will right. take a couple Kiki Tandy heat checks. And then too, we had that one game. I think it was like our second or third last game of the season where he was kind of carrying us down the stretch of a game where he scored like eight points in like a couple minutes. Yeah. He sparked the run and revived it, the team against Georgetown. Yeah. And we saw his minutes yeah. increase that day. Sure. So there's definitely, there was definitely some momentum being built. I'm not going to say it was crazy, but there were some good signs there. Um, and man, so real quick, we'll talk about expectations in this roster for the next couple minutes, and then we'll, we'll let the YouTube, YouTube people get out of here. Um, but in my opinion, Coop touched on this earlier. 
the the expectation has to be, in my opinion, a top 20 basketball team. I mean, there's no way that it can't be uh, at least a ranked team. I mean, it has to be the expectation when you bring essentially every single piece back from last year and add Jack Nungy. Yeah, um, we, we brought every piece back and improved the weakest piece. Right. And everyone's going to say mm-hmm. Travis Steele, rubber ass in the road, yada, yada, yada. We've seen it a million times. I know I get it. You know what I mean? But like, this is, this has to be that year. I, in my opinion, anything less than a seven seeds, a pretty big disappointment. It kind of depends on how the, um, how, how the rest of the, how the rest of the year goes. People keep talking about like uh, how we need to finish in the um, conference. Conference is still going to be tough. People keep, keep saying like top three or it's a bust. I'd say top five, but we I definitely think the need to be. Expectation should be top three. That should be the goal. With everything, I think with everything you're returning this year, I think that should be the expectation. I think if you get fourth or fifth, you're like, okay, you know, we did all yeah. right. But I think with all the roster or all the talent on the roster, plus everything you're returning, plus the team that we were last year, which is pretty good until the COVID shutdowns, um, I don't see how you have any expectation lower than top three in the conference. And we definitely have a high chance to be top three, even top two. I mean, it'd be Villanova than the rest of the field again. Um, oh, yeah. But Top I, one, and I'm not one. Uh, we're not going to be number one. Uh, I'm going to straight up say it. Nova is fucking loaded. Uh, Scarface, okay, I'm reloaded. They are fucking stacked. And I'm so tired of hearing it. Like, bro, but I'm not an eye rolls like that one day that fucking Robinson or, or who was it that announced they were coming back? Fucking um, Gillespie. Samuels and Gillespie. Gillespie and Samuels. Like, the amount of tweets I saw about how loaded Villanova was. Like, I'm so – sick of nova yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be that way again but i mean all we can really hope (laughs) is like get used to it kid like at me it's like like an an sec football team like you just accept alabama's gonna win it every year or ohio state in the big 10 like it's the same feeling it's like yeah well they're gonna win the championship and Uh, then the nice thing is basketball and and it's basketball and really when you're in when you're in the Big Ten or the SEC, you're really just playing for a New Year's Six Bowl um, in football because you know they're getting the playoff right. spot. Now in basketball, yeah. Uh, yeah, if we can get if we get uh, second in the conference, hey, we might still get a one seed. And people <laughs> call us bitches for like bowing down to Villanova, and like I don't always want to be that way. Like I want the day to come where we like challenge those guys. We won the conference before. Like I don't always want to be like their second, but like right. let's be real, this year. No one's beating. Well, here's the thing: we're just gonna have to keep building, right? Like we it's can get take there. A couple years. We're just yeah. gonna have to keep. Right. You know that they are going to stay right where they're at, or even get better. They're not gonna get worse. They're not gonna um, do what Creighton did this year, right? this like this upcoming year, and Creighton's probably gonna be bad. Um, yeah. So they're not gonna. They're never gonna do that. They're never gonna plummet like Georgetown or St. John's did, but they could possibly fall to like second or third, maybe. Yeah. Possible. That's gonna take other teams pro- the closest are probably us seton hall and yukon yeah um fuck you yeah. yukon yeah, get out of my life <laughs> but like so it's just gonna take us to challenge them and keep building and take them down they're not gonna fall themselves correct yeah they're not gonna beat themselves that's for dang sure unlike andy uh in the dump truck room um anyway my last topic hey, hey, welcome people. youtubers to my dump truck room <laughs> Dude, it finally makes a video appearance, bro, on the big Thank screen. Thank God. Um, that was the biggest reason, Andy, that I thought we had to get YouTube popping is because we were just depriving the people of so much joy of, uh, you know, the beep beeps behind you. Andy's dump truck. Everyone wants to park on <sighs> Everyone wants to see Andy's, Andy's dump truck. truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Soak it in. And then my last thing about Xavier, and me and my girlfriend have been talking about this like crazy, not to brag, I have a girlfriend, per sources. Um, hey, shut up, man. <laughs> the last thing that that it's just i'm thinking about is just how many fucking players we have we're gonna have another one of those problems where oh playing time's gonna be tough to fight for bro and then it's not even just how many players we have too like you think about our top four at least in my opinion from playing time perspective how the fuck are you gonna play any one of paul scruggs nate johnson zach Fremantle, or colby jones any less than 30 minutes a night like, how do you take any of those dudes off the floor on the third and foul trouble? You're you're you you're don't. fighting you're fighting for that uh, fifth spot. And, and Duan Odom is making his freshman and sophomore year one of the highest recruits we've ever seen, and he was really coming on later in the season, really coming on. Right. And he's your only natural point guard in my opinion. So 
I think he's playing at least 25 a night. And that just does not leave a lot of wiggle room for a team that I think has 10 to 12 dudes that expect to play. Yeah. And so Kunkel, yeah. Kunkel was a pseudo starter. Kiki Tandy was like almost preseason big East last year. Um, you have Jack Nudgy coming in who could be a starter. You have Ben Stanley coming in who averaged over 20 points a game in Hampton. You have two big recruits coming in and then Deontay miles, who I think is the biggest wild card of the whole roster. It's just going to be fucking insane. A good problem to have, but Holy fuck is there a lot um, from a rotation standpoint to deal with. And Miles is the guy that I think is the biggest loser with Nunji coming in. I mean, the same type of player with experience and a bunch of offensive skill. I don't so, think Deontay Miles is anywhere near fat enough to be on Biggest Loser. <laughs> no, we need him to be the biggest gainer. Uh, gainer. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like – I'm getting a little concerned about that's he's in his third year at Xavier going in and he's still fighting for a few minutes. So uh, you've got to think he's no higher than three in the rotation right now for at the five. It's, I mean, Freeman was not going to play exclusively the five, but he's going to play it still a shit ton a of lot. five, I would think. And then so you have, you're I'll probably guaranteed behind. Why else would you recruit Nunji if you're not going to, you know, play him? Play, you know? Right. Right. And, and he's, he's here for two years at least. Yeah. And I mean, he produced really good numbers on a better team than Xavier last year. So I don't aim with the best big in the country other than, uh, um, but <laughs> if anybody, for, for the audio people, he just did the mustache celebration. So he's talking about Mr. Redlegs. Timmy time, baby. Timmy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> how great for was the, the celebration down 20 though? For the audio um, people, it, Cap actually does have a mustache now. It's Only true. for the audio people. Oh, yeah. Dude, I should have shaved my nungy shit or nungy. nungy. <laughs> Not my white big man. I should have shaved You're, my fucking high motor. Uh, you really should have say. You should really should have shaved your six point nine footer. <laughs> six point nine footer, just matter. Uh, but anyway, yeah, bro, it's gonna be insane. I lost my train of thought. I think we should let the YouTube people go because my brain is fucking fried. I'm just fucking psyched up, dude. That was. So much fucking fun, dude. Since he has been insane college basketball wise. But yeah, oh Deontay. Last thing about Deontay. Okay. So Deontay, you're behind Nunji, you're behind fucking Fremantle. And then two, Cesar Edwards is essentially Deontay Miles. I mean, they're not the same player, but he's a six foot ten, six foot eleven, really, really promising recruit. Well, I think he's actually gonna mainly play the four, but in I see him as a four. But in college um, basketball, he's a five. I mean, how many yeah. six foot ten dudes in college basketball before? You know? I, I look more play style than um, size. So, yeah, uh, he, he does play like a stretch four, which is really, really right. good for Xavier. And we can and we still have Freeman we, and we add um, Nunji and we still have hopefully we still have Miles. Like, and I mean, last I promise, last thing I promise. Actually, I don't, I can't make that promise. I can't back that up. And two, I mean, advantage Edwards. He has Rex Specs and an Afro. I mean, that he looks, look, Yeah. He looks a lot like Isaiah time. Philgoat. <laughs> he, does, he looks like a Kaiser Gates Isaiah Philgoat baby. Uh, like and what he, could be better? <laughs> literally. I mean, that is like a basketball factory. Um, but, I mean, Deontay's got to figure some hair stuff out, in my opinion, if he wants to make up some ground in the rotation. Either um, hair stuff or get a mustache. One or the other, yeah. That's fair. Either one would help. Maybe a combination Le- of two. Does he have a leg um, tat? That could help. <laughs> Helps. Better if you're white, just for contrast, like Adam Kunkel. That's a mean leg tattoo. Or accessories. I mean, could go sleeves, uh, wristbands, Headband. fingerbands. Do I have my cool guy wristbands on? Um, options are there. Options are there. Be a doll. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Be a doll. We don't need no meows. Anyway, I will let that go for YouTube. If you're on audio, you're probably really confused. YouTube people, later, we end these things with a nice little airplane noise. Andy, if you can do the honors. Wow. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Okay. You say goodbye. I say hello. As Justin Timberlake once said, fellas, good night. It's going to be May. (laughs) He did say that in (laughs) – Sure, that's going to – yeah, the memes are going to pop up. I was thinking, gentlemen, good night. Ladies, good morning. Um, YouTube, good night. Podcast, good morning. Um, ladies. Okay, so <laughs> more Xavier shit. Um, holy fuck. 
Travis, like, what are we doing? Like, you help, help us help you, Travis. He puts us in the preseason NIT. <laughs> I've been fighting the NIT memes for three years. Like I'm tired of enough. hearing about the Xavier in the NIT. Stop putting... Like we haven't had enough NRT in our lives, bro. Like, oh, what's the only thing worse than the postseason NIT? <laughs> what's the only thing worse than one NIT? The pre. Two NITs. <laughs> More pre stuff. Like, the pre- see, there's really two huge problems I have with this preseason NIT. Actually, three things. First of all, that there's even a tournament called the preseason NIT because then it just suggests like, hey, before the season, let's get some mediocre teams that aren't good enough for the tournament and have them play in this. It's like, why even call it that? Just like get a sponsor, call it something different. And then second of all, accepting that invite. But most importantly, the biggest problem I have with this is this definitely limits and almost eliminates the chances that we have another XIT this year. We're not going to go play an NIT, then an XIT. That'd be a lot of ITs. And we don't Is like technology NIT here. The XIT? We don't know. I, 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 want an X, know. I want a Xavier Invitational at the CentOS with like whatever teams. I don't care what teams, <laughs> but I want more XITs. I want more zits. Totally agree. Big zit guy. Andy, I didn't mean to talk over you. What were you going to say, my dude? Yeah, act like I remember. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Um, so the field is the Memphis Tigers, the Virginia Tech Hokies, and the Iowa State Cyclones. If that doesn't say NIT, I don't know what does. <laughs> that was like, um, you, you automatically so, said, like, we're in April. Like, the NCAA tournament just ended, and now we're already seeing – Jokes of wow, it's looking like the postseason NIT already. It's a preview. Hear me out though. So it's just those four teams, correct? correct. Those are the headliners. Okay. Headliner. Headliner. Nice. Okay. So that's not the entire field. That's just that's like I understand the that main team. Why would there be a four team NIT field, field? Well, at least we can say, like, yeah, we're in the final four of the NIT. Worst comes to worst. We do not have to say, yeah, it was the preseason NIT. We would so not we can, be lying. So It'd be a white stop lie. bragging about the 1958 NIT. As we do. I brag about that in the salad bowl all the time. <laughs> that's, all, that's literally all I do. I have the pictures hanging up in my room. Um, the only thing I, talk <laughs> right. about, I don't bring up Elite Eights. I don't bring up Biggest Championships. All I talk about is salad bowl, 1958 NIT. Anything else would be just yeah. – it'd be too like, braggy. And, and that's what kind of about Xavier is like we've already reached the mountaintop and like there's nowhere to go but down. Once you win a salad bowl and you win a, a 1958 NIT, it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like where do you go from there? Everything like, like how can you get? You're like Bill Belichick. Like yeah. what more do you want to accomplish? They say when astronauts go into space, they come back and they're like permanently depressed because like you just can't beat that. Like I, I don't know. Like you can't beat a 58 NIT or a salad bowl championship against Arizona State. That's like when um, I when I eat a chili cheese sandwich like. I really can't get better. Like my, I might as well just go to bed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what you do at that point. And like, you just have to find a way to stay alive, I guess, to, you know, keep, keep chugging along because you know, you're not going to top that. Um, pause. Um, but just Trav, like, please, like, can you just like send us a text? Like I, I sent you text to take Daniel Ramsey out of the game all the time. Like you have my number, like be like, Hey, preseason NIT, good idea, bad idea. And I can be like, boom, Bad idea. Let's play in the preseason NCAAs. You know what I mean? Like for right. the, the preseason some... Final Four. Yeah, let's the manifest... preseason national championship game yeah. <laughs> or the preseason national championship parade would be even better. <laughs> now, my question is: Is Cincinnati playing in the preseason CBI? Did they Did they get invited? <laughs> that's That's actually a good question. There's no way. Uh... <laughs> or is Cincinnati playing? Do they have a team? Not currently, no. They have a Final Four. They have a coach. And they do have a coach. They do have a Final Four. They I mean, do have did. some white guy that he committed. <laughs> he did? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Congrats. I thought that that kid decommitted. I know they committed a zero-star white guy, and I think he decommitted. Um, imagine a zero-star white guy decommitting. <laughs> Can't even That's pretty much what we off. are. What's that? Zero-star white guys. That's us. Oh. All three of us, yeah. Our combined stars is zero. And our, um, what would our combined twenty four seven composite be? 
Oh man, sixty-nine hundred. Is that good? No. Can we run like drills <laughs> nice, and find dude. out? It's nice. But it's not we'll, good. we'll just get Rick to run us through drills and he can rate us. Dude, now that snow is no longer associated, I bet he could probably give us some inside info. I mean, Andy, you and, you and me yeah. and Snow go way back. I think we had yeah, whole, like we had that one like we have that one famous picture. <laughs> right, he knows us really well. <laughs> A friend of the podcast, Brian Snow, uh, <laughs> doesn't get annoyed with me at all. No, never. Um, but just, oh my goodness, bro! Like that was just brutal, <laughs> like, brutal marketing on Xavier's part. See, uh, what what they need to do is like as as the kings of content right here, they and we know that you know the content creating, the Twitter, the jokes, they really take a toll and like have like affect the image of the program. Travis now needs to consult us before he makes a decision. Like, all right, what kind of jokes would be made about right. this? How would this look, make the program look? Would it yeah, um, go down the top chain? Yeah. And I mean, we're clearly, you know, you look at, you look at the, the food chain there. I mean, it goes from the assistance to steel to the Roblox podcast. Um, so mm-hmm. you got to run those things by us, run up the chain of command. Um, so we can either approve or deny it. You know, we got that bird's eye view, uh, from the, uh, from the captain's room cap cap industries with all the monitors, you know what I mean? Just overseeing the whole operation. Uh, you got it. I mean, come on. I mean, that's definitely like a breach in chain of command right there. So article 42, you're fucked. Steal, go sure. to the principal's office. Um, so, okay. No, on to bad, bad news, like real bad news. I was in my feelings, um if you remember in like elementary school when like it's just like dead quiet and there's like that kid that just fucking shrieks um just makes that like that weird kid just goes "Ah!" or just like something stupid literally me uh when brad davison (laughs) announced that he came back for his 14th year of college basketball um we just can't get away from the guy um brad davison versus you know the charge call i mean the greatest rivalry of all time just keeping it alive um I don't know if I've been as down bad as that, you know, filing two, three, four hours there. But you know who had an instant Ron Swanson erection? Brian O'Connell. <laughs> Brian O'Connell. Yeah. He was like that gif of like that guy peering around the corner, like rubbing his hands, like with his tongue out, like, bro, like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Winners, Brian O'Connell. Losers, good basketball. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Um, and he's not buzz cut Brad anymore. I mean, he's like, I mean, I thought initially of like in bench warmers with like the, um, the I am 12 paper, uh, like dude's gotta be going on his third degree. I mean, he's probably legit. I'm not even kidding. Probably 24, 25 at this point. I mean, he's been playing since the Clinton administration. So it's been a minute. Like I remember my dad telling me stories about him playing. (laughs) He's got an old man named my dad. My dad played against him. Kind of does. Yeah, if you tell me, like, without any yeah. context, how old Brad Davison is, I'm like, 40, 45? I don't know. Like, that's Brad, not a young yeah. guy's name. You're it sounds, like, it like, sounds like a college, like Bradley Davidson. Like, it's, it God. is two colleges just combined. And how did he not go to either one? Like, I if mean, your last name's Davidson, you need to go to Davidson. Just, just like, like if your name's Xavier, you need to go to Xavier. Bless up manifesting the Xavier Xavier's um I am down to I don't care about rankings throw it all at the window I don't care about you know how many stars they have if their name is Xavier all in load the boat I need a roster of 12 Xavier's okay we had a little lapse there the recording went down that's okay because during that time we were doing ER jokes like crazy as we do and my girlfriend emergency room jokes (laughs) <laughs> correct just words to end in er that is a thing and there's not even a joke to it anymore it's just how obnoxious it is and like I, I my stupid brain just thinks it's even more funny when it doesn't even make any sense which is great but anyway <laughs> my girlfriend not to brag comes through and is like yeah sometimes they're actually funny and sometimes they're just stupid noise and then i was like why is the podcast not called stupid noise like that is like we are we're already delightfully stupid why not delightfully stupid noise we're not even words not like, even like logical sentences. They're just noise. Andy's new Twitter name, Andy Stupid Noise Picarillo Collision Course. Uh, <laughs> like, there's just nothing that, and I love Roll Blob. Don't get me wrong, but there's just nothing that could describe this podcast more than the stupid noise. I just add me if you want me that want me to change my name to that. 
<laughs> Stupid noise. I'm adding going you up. right now in person. We're printing all. If I get noise. if I get five ads, then I'll change my name to it. <laughs> More than 0.69 likes, and I change my name to Stupid Noise. Um, Captain Stupid Noise. Okay, so we were talking Brad Davison, a loss for everyone except for Brian O'Connell. Another just <laughs> what the fuck is going on moment. Um, holy shit, get old, stay old. Theo John. <laughs> 16 going on 69. Rumors he's going to Duke? That's the crystal ball? Theo John and Duke is like Brad Davison in Cincinnati. Like, that is just the most – makes no sense at all. But holy fuck, that would be incredible. That's like Mick Cronin in Final Fours. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I I just cracked up laughing. One, when I saw he wanted to come back to school again. And two, just the thought of him in a Duke uniform – Honestly, even the thought of him in a Duke class just makes me fucking laugh. <laughs> his, his, what was his IQ? What, like four? <laughs> 400. More like 400. But just thinking about Theo John, six foot 10, probably 260 pound Theo John walking around with a bunch of like five foot seven lacrosse white dudes. Just with My dad's a lawyer like, type group. Yeah, lawyer. Just, wearing fucking like rugby t-shirts like just the funniest image in my head i just into he's just not good enough to be a duke like sorry he's just not the wojo effect is real though future head coach steve wojohowski yeah clearly just leveling up leaving marquette to level up to duke just putting himself in the pole position pause um so like do you think he purposely got fired at marquette just to get brought on to mike shashevsky's staff and be the associate head coach, be groomed just like Hubert Davis into yeah. the replacement? Is Hold on, hold on. I have an idea here. Is he trying to bring Theo John into Duke to destroy the belly of the beast from within and get the Duke job sooner? Sooner? Ooh. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer sooner is an all-timer. All-timer. Um, it's getting bad. <laughs> it's <rad. laughs> Rest in peace, our relationships. Uh, well, you can't yeah. break up a dump truck, Andy, but I'm talking to Coop here. Um, <laughs> You're never going to leave me, right? Oh, oh, my goodness. But just in, but like I'm just saying, like kind of like how we were saying, like maybe Steele was just trying to not play games to make the tournament because you're already in. Maybe Wojo's just trying to get the Duke job faster and tear down. Faster. Oh, my fucking God. The ER episode, the blobber episode. Uh, goodness. Blobber. That one's just puts a weird mouth. That was an <laughs> Holy fuck. How are we going to transition to our next topic? Um, but anyway, Theo John to Duke, extremely funny, and I pray to God it happens because – I just want to see him like in the with the Cameron Crazies as you know he's averaging four and a half points a game and point six rebounds. College JaVale McGee, like, do you guys remember? There was this. I'll have to send you the link. There's this YouTube montage of just JaVale McGee being JaVale McGee. My favorite one is like this possession. I think when he played for Denver and there's like nine seconds left on the shot clock and he's just now like running into the frame. Like he was on the other (laughs) side of the court for the first 15 seconds of their offensive possession, just like doing God knows what, like I can just see like, like Duke, you know, running their offensive set for like 22 seconds. And then Theo John just finally makes it to that side of the court. Like I did see JaVale McGee had a hell of a tweet. He said, I'm the only one in the world with a rat tail and an NBA championship is the rat is Theo John's hair going to bring a national championship to Duke. 50-50 50-50 chance. <laughs> Sorry. There's a, there's a 50-50 chance. 50-50 chance. I mean, it could happen or it couldn't happen. So 50-50. Good exactly. work there, Cooper. There's a 50-50 chance that Duke wins the preseason in IT next year, even though they're not in it. Because they either will or will not. But like, the math still checks could. out. I mean, the, you can't argue with math, boys. The math checks out. We are yes, a math podcast. We are a math podcast. Education, sports. I mean, we check all the boxes around here, just trying to ER. comedy. Correct. I mean, nothing's off limits around here. Um, but that would just be incredible. And because too, we see all of Theo John's dumb shit at a Big East level, but at Duke, I mean, it's at a national level. Like the whole world will be exposed to <laughs> the beauty that Theo John is. In oh my goodness, I mean, 
Duke and fouling out in the first six seconds. Like, I just <laughs> you know man. Xavier has to schedule Duke now just so we can foul out. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have to redeem that fucking game in the Meadowlands from like 2007. Holy shit! <laughs> Yikes! The OG yeah. captain Xavier Joseph Dolan was not having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad day bad oh, day 25 to 7 to start the game or something like that i, was like, I remember uh i had a um i had a basketball game earlier that day one of my teammates was a duke fan and we were just oh, talking shit and it was a, he was a duke's bag and uh we were just talking shit all day and the game like the game starts seven minutes in my phone is just being blown the fuck up could you imagine if, like, that Daniel dude we know on Twitter, and, like, if that happened, like, today? Twitter? She's on fire. I mean, I haven't been on a date with her yet. Um, <laughs> anyway, just <laughs> – I'm, I'm saying. Uh, w on my part. But, yeah, just wild times. And I forget what I was going to say, but it was going to be, like, mildly funny, which is on par. Um, right. <laughs> mildly funny, stupid noise. World Blood Podcast. <laughs> Meow. Um, on to this is what I've been trying to transition into for the last five minutes because it got so bad. I was like, I don't know how the fuck we're gonna talk about this. We got some really bad news for the world and especially you know to the Xavier community. I mean, this guy has been a huge part of our DNA and like, yeah, honestly, like super integrated with everything that we've done. Uh, DMX passed away um, due to an overdose, and we just wanted to rest in peace, DMX. Um, I've listened to X call and give it to you over a thousand times in my life. So many Xavier games we've heard it. I mean, it's just been, you know, X call give it to you has been like a, there was the theme song back in Darnell Williams time just has been interwoven with Xavier basketball. So rest in peace DMX. And we are going to pay homage uh, with our editor, Andy Piccarillo doing things. Any other final words, my dudes? Uh, I just feel like everybody in the Xavier fan base should be, like just paying some extra respect because we really did claim his song that had nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even thinking about us when he wrote it, but we kind of claimed it as our theme song, as our anthem, anthem, and really just we we molded it into our brand. And so we owe him an extra, like just extra respect and extra thoughts about his tragic passing. Back. No matter, no matter like what type of music you listen to, like I know you listen to DMX if you're a Xavier fan. It's on the playlist. Coop, any parting words? Rest in peace, DMX, and uh, rest in peace to Andy's face on Saturday. Fuck.